This is CliffCentral.com Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com Welcome to the Fashion Lab. My name is Liz Ogumaregis for your host and thank you for tuning in once again. Now today we are discussing and dissecting the conversation on Africa's fashion market moving forward. We are looking and touching base on the base, the past, the present, the future. Obviously we're just focusing on what's really been going down in 2017 while touching on obviously some of the crucial points that will help you, will help me and all of us strategize better while moving into the new 2018 that's not so far from us. Now, Africa, as you would know, is a home to seven of the 10 fastest growing economies in the world. And despite the preconceived ideas of a continent forever plagued by disease, war, turmoil, and all of that, it's definitely and rapidly becoming one of the most desirable investment destinations. Now, I'm just going to give you some some facts. I mean, for the past two years, obviously, it's not been very easy. Uh, in 2015, an economic slump saw GDP growth slow to 3% down from 4.5% in 2014. So obviously that is not something very uh, good. It doesn't feel promising, but you know, here we are, we are coming. 2016, obviously, there's also been low commodity prices continued uh, to impede growth. Um, you've always obviously seen expansion uh, decelerating to lows which have never been seen since the 2009 global financial crisis. So we're talking Africa, but at the end of the day, touching just on South Africa, their GDP contracted by 0.7% in the first quarter of this year. So obviously that has pushed the country into what you'd call a technical recession. And then obviously, according to Etienne Vlock, who's director of research, South African Clothing and Textile Workers Union, about 15 years ago, she says... Approximately 200,000 people in the clothing textile industry uh, were employed. Now we are down to about 19,000. So we're talking 200,000 to 19,000. So that's a very, that's a deep. Um, Now beyond the start, it obviously means that a lot of people have been retrenched. A lot of factories have closed down, but we still have to find ways to keep moving. Now we're talking about growing. However, I also feel personally like this conversation today will definitely grow in uh, or draw in a lot of introspection for those who are tuned in, for those who are strategizing for next year. This may have been a great year for some of you, maybe not for some, but you know, here we go. I think it's time to apply new ways of playing to be able to achieve different results in 2018. Now this opportunity is for you and us to analyze your fashion businesses, uh, look and see the readiness of it to actually play a good game while moving forward. Now, before we get into deep into today's topic, I want to introduce our contributor, Edgy Benson, who also runs NU New York, and he's joining us with his echoes from New York. Edgy, welcome to the show. Hmm. Okay, Edgy is coming, I hope. Um, Well, Edgy obviously uh, contributes, he shares with us his echoes, and it's definitely, I think for me, very... Uh, important to have and plug in different mindsets from different parts of the world. Globalization is here. We want to share and hear what's really happening so that we don't just have conversations uh, in the continent with ourselves, uh, trying to expand into the globe and not really touching base uh, with others. Uh, a quick reminder for those of you who are tuned in, my favorite segment at the end of the show is called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? We call it our red glass, uh, red glass popping. 
So you'll know what that is because we'll pop it at the end of the show. But that is definitely what we use to unwind after our heavy conversations because this is Fashion Lab. We dissect the business behind fashion here. It's very serious convo, but it, it ends really nice. Now, keep your tweets coming. We're on Fashion Lab AF on Instagram. Uh, we are on Twitter and we're on Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. Share with us your thoughts. We definitely want to hear from you. Now, while we are looking forward to plugging Edgy back, uh, we are joined by our special guests uh, in the studio today. We're joined by, I call them friends of Fashion Lab because they really have friends of Fashion Lab. And they're also running their territory seriously to ensure the industry can only come back up better and stronger. Allow me to introduce uh, the 8th Avenue directors. We've got Jane McGuigan in the house. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Uh, and don't think I'm not going to ask you, what are you wearing and who made your clothes? Um, I am actually, today I'm wearing a South African designer. Well, I normally, we, you know, as you know, we normally wear our own brands. Um, but today I am wearing Sis Isabel. Very nice. And um, I think she has the most, for, for me personally, she has the most amazing grasp of making a woman feel incredibly comfortable and incredibly feminine at the same time. And I just, I, I love her clothing. I've got a couple of pieces of hers and... Every time I wear them, they just, they give me that slight extra spring in my step in the day. So yeah, so that's very, who I'm wearing today. Very nice. Looking nice. And I know that that's your favorite designer because every time I ask Jane what she's wearing, <laughs> she's wearing, she's Isabel. So she's Isabel, power to you. You do, you're definitely doing a great job. We have Monet Vivier in the house as well. Uh, for those who <laughs> think I will mix up the name, I'm not mixing up any names. <laughs> I am not surrendering. Oh, if you know it's better. But welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. What are you wearing and who made your clothes? Thank you very much for having me again. Um, today, as usual, I'm wearing something that we've made. Um, Dio Denae made this, um, this morning. It is a diva cloak from our Posh and Dolls collection. It's beautiful. I love it. I Thank love you. We've colors. already had orders in the in the waiting room. Oh. <laughs> is it like that? Is it that heavy? Is that, is that, de- is that I, heavy? I think yeah. that's what, what's happening, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Mm. It's so nice to have you guys. Yeah. We also have to introduce again our contributor from New York, Edgy Benson. Edgy, welcome to the show. You? Welcome to the show, Edgy. Can you hear me? You are live on, on Fashion Lab. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Liz. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm like, what are you chasing? Rabbits? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you sound like you're washing clothes Hi, in the corner Hi, or, or planting maize. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's so nice to have you guys on though. <laughs> How's everything in New York? Good. I've been binging on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We, we really appreciate it. Really good. Excellent. We appreciate that yeah. so much. Thanks, Edgy. They're being very proper right now. You know, these, girls, these are hecklers. I'll tell you about their heckless, heckler, hecklology, Okay, thank you. But now, thank you for behaving nicely, like ladies behaving nicely. We always but, behave like ladies. Okay, well, I A little bit that. loud sometimes, but always like ladies. But you guys have such good energy. When I walked in, I actually just, I'm drawing that from you. It's very good. You guys are like, you're like on cloud nine. Did you have any challenges this morning, like some people did, or you just... I have back-to-back meetings so it's it, it has it's been one of those days where it's just been like a whirlwind so you just pick up the energy levels and keep going and i think we get the same from you darling i think that's why we like spending time together in the in in, in our industry yeah and i was on my way to printers to get um printing done for a client on t-shirts and was summoned to the airport to have a trims meeting for winter 2018 with uh, marty from iconic so it's um you've got to run and you've got to jump every single moment 
There's no rest. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's it's good. We are feeling great here. And what I want to do is I thought that today would be really nice to touch base with you guys. Uh, it's not the end of the year yet, but it's almost there. And I just think that it's uh, what better time to sit and just... You know, look through what sta- how the year started and how it started for brands, what sort of movements uh, have taken place, what sort of, uh, you know, just what's changing, what's happening. So I think for me, uh, you guys are definitely uh, very uh, active in the space. And, uh, you know, as much as we are connected with you, it's such a big connection in so many ways. And I think it's a great opportunity to have you guys here had this conversation with us. Now, I was going through the fashionomics report, specifically the Kenyan textile and fashion industry report around the role of fashion designers and small tailors in the fiber to fashion value chain, which obviously has inspired some of these key points that we will unpack as we touch base on the fashion market uh, in 2017. Now, what I want us to do is I want us, we're going to just open up on each topic and just kind of w- touch around it because I even said while Monet and uh, Jane walked in, I said to them, you know, it's interesting how we have these conversations all the time, but I think that it would be nice to also just plug in some of uh, sort of maybe the key factors that are literally getting spoken about uh, across the continent. You know, when you find the fashionomics report and what they have to share, it's very uh, even though it's, this is a Kenyan version, it's still very uh, relatable to the mm-hmm. continent. And so I want to start by just touching base on strategic orientation. Now this covers obviously or means you know things like just having a clear understanding of the local market the risks involved your procedures for collecting market market intelligence you know a clear understanding of the resources required to get into a business your company having a firm commitment to allocate resources where required all of that stuff is what kind of falls under strategic orientation and i think that as a brand you have to think about these things so i'm going to start with you edgy what do you think uh is happening uh, considering you've also been touching base, even though you're not here physically, you know what's going on uh, quite nicely. And I'm sure Fashion Lab also gets to share with the world a lot of what's really going on on the ground. Do you feel that maybe the brands or the fashion businesses right now currently, when you look at it from 2017 uh, at the beginning of the year when we were panicking because there was all of this uh, brick and mortar fall and the whole thing of, oh my gosh, the tech... Uh, a digital world is rising so fast that how do we adapt? Are we going to be able to hang on? Are we going to be able to make business? Then you have like your South African, uh, you know, the political, um, you know, elements that also really affect the industry. You've got us declared junk status here at some point, And then people are wondering, what do you do? Then you have, you know, up to now you look at from August, you look at places like Kenya where the election has really affected businesses. It's shocking. What, is your over what what's your two cents or what can you tell us about just brands how they're pushing and what you feel when it comes to them just make, making sure they also pay attention to uh, their strategic orientation to be able to move ahead I mean for me because I'm not there my window is just what we do here and how I what I what I see um, like from the shows I mean this week I mean all through for the last two weeks, there have been shows across Africa, you know, South Africa, Ghana, Nigeria. Uh, from what I see, you know, from the I think the designers are doing very well. Uh, it's hard to judge how the markets are doing, but the designers in isolation are doing very well. I mean, we're talking to Jane and Monet right now. When you look at what they are doing and what you are doing, it's a reflection of our movement forward, especially like when you look at 
when you think of 2000 and I mean last the season before when we scrambled like you talk, like you said about all of this uh, digital stuff that was going on. But I think the designers, uh, from a design point, I see a lot of progress. I think their 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 relativity to what's going on in the world is just as good. Um, but it's it's very hard for me to judge the market the market forces on how the designers are doing individually. But from a design point, I feel like they are they've really stepped up to the challenge. Thank you, Edgy. I was gonna say now more uh, because Monet and Jane are here, and obviously you guys deal in the same space, and you also work with a lot of brands. And I think that this is also a good question for you. Do you feel that the brands that you're working with from the beginning of where you guys started to now that I actually really have a grip on what's going on on that angle. Because again, business is a pie and obviously you have to keep tackling each part of the pie to be able to finish that 360. And I feel like some brands may not even know what, they don't even know their positioning. Forget about what they're doing. That's absolutely true. What do you guys, first of all, do you feel like you have brands that you would say have really grown to that level from when you started with them to now? And meaning that they definitely in 2018 could be even way more successful despite the, you know, despite the rand value and whatever else. And then the second thing is, what do you also do as 8th Avenue? Because I know that you're not just a store. I've seen you guys run trunk shows. I've seen you guys run workshops. I've seen you guys really try to leverage these brands to a, a different level. What are you guys doing around helping this brand understand holistically what a brand means and how you're going to be able to take it forward, especially when we touch on the strategic orientation? You know what? We have a, um, a unique position because we are manufacturers and we do not only have designers who create their own clothing, but we have designers that we create the clothing for them. And I can very definitely see a growth in the brand and in the brand ethos and how they cooperate and how they, they actually function and become stronger. We have, uh, you know, our forte is um, incubating young designers. So seeing them come from very little humble beginnings and from a design perspective to listening to the market to seeing what their clients want whether it's from a a style perspective or a a size curve perspective and they are evolving so quite a few and in fact i could probably say all of our brands are busy evolving and our designers are paying attention to what the marketplace wants and when we see how the the market is responding on 8th Avenue, we can see very clearly on, from the analytics what people are looking at, what they need, what they want. And then with the trunk shows that we have every month, we have that wonderful interaction with the clients, with the consumers to see and to hear. And when when we see a trend and we see it follow through, it's a great position to see what is required. And then we, if the de- designers don't actually um, pick up on that, we communicate that to them and assist them in developing their brands into a more marketable product. And I see, just, just to add on, sure. and I also saw during Fashion Week, I overheard you <laughs> saying to someone that you actually had House of Diva come in. You created a space for them, a working space, mm. where they could actually come in, minimize waste of time um, you know, on traffic and stuff. That, to me, when we think about having a clear understanding of what is required to get into the space of, of I mean, the business of fashion, and also really having your sort of setup, I feel like you guys have created that for some brands, meaning that some brands don't have it, but they actually have, you've created it for them. And I, I think, I think where, 
one of the things that, you know, designers are just other small businesses. Mm-hmm. And you know, the same challenges that every small business faces Designers are slightly different because in a lot of ways you're dealing with a creative personality. Secondly, a lot of our education for design doesn't actually focus enough, like you say, on the business of fashion. So that's, that's an, another area. But you find a lot of, in a lot of cases, our designers are by themselves. They're in a situation where, like every small business owner, it's a bit scary, it's a bit challenging. There is huge cash flow outlay in terms of getting a range off the ground. Um, you know, it is one of the most expensive industries to try and get into. And I think there is a huge lack of understanding in the industry in general for people who want to get into the fashion industry, as well as in amongst designers themselves of what is actually involved and how much money it actually costs to do this. I mean, the, the outlay, if you think about a, a designer who wants to now start a range, there's easily 50, 60,000 rands worth of fabric outlay just for your first collection, let alone the manufacturing costs or buying the machinery or buying the equipment. So getting into that industry is incredibly difficult. On the flip side of that, we do have brands that have been around for a while and are now getting established and starting to gain really, really good traction. But a lot of, all of our lessons have been learned, and I know some of them from yourselves, with running into a brick wall, <laughs> you know, getting out the band-aid, sticking it on yourself, <laughs> and then trying to teach some other designer how to avoid that. And I think also one of the things that I have really enjoyed seeing the evolution of this year, particularly in our space, is designers actually coming together as a voice and as a collective and as a support structure. Absolutely. Mm. And that is that has been my biggest takeaway from mm. 2017 is – the joy we've had of actually being in a little bit of a position by doing some of the things that you talk about. We, I mean, we, we, we started this and just went, Oh, actually, you know, we've got, we've got a CMT, we've got a manufacturing arm. And a lot of our designers, we, you, you see the challenges that they come to you with all the time and starting to build that network and that community of design people that actually look after each other and help each other and share value chains and share resources and that is where I see from an African perspective there is going to be huge growth because it's been incredibly hard here. It's mm-hmm. been incredibly financially challenging for everybody. And I mean I hear it on from, you know, a marketing agency side of things for across all my mm-hmm. clients, across every sector. This year has been interesting, <laughs> to <laughs> say the least. Now, before we continue this mm. juicy conversation, I would like to definitely introduce our other contributor, uh, who all the way from Lisbon, it's Francisca Marzilli. We Hello. haven't had her on the show for a while, but welcome to the show, Francisca. <laughs> Hello. It's nice to be with you again. Hi. <laughs> well, Hi, I was listening. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank I know it's you. been a, a, a good journey for you exploring different fashion markets all through this uh, last four weeks. Yes, it's, a, it's been a great two, two weeks. Uh, not okay. You can explain to me about the other two later. <laughs> Listen, we will talk about the other two. We'll talk about the main last two. But the truth is, what are you wearing and who made your clothes before we continue this conversation around the fashion market? Uh, and just right looking. now? Yes. Now? Yes. Right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing, I'm wearing all black as usual <laughs> and, uh, with my red shoes that uh, are 
almost a tattoo for me because I, I adore them. <laughs> Up to destroy them, I will not take it, uh, take them off. Edgy, hurry up and fasten your seatbelts. You've got four strong women (laughs) today (laughs) with different personalities, but they come in very grand. But thank you for joining us, Francisca. And as you can see, we are basically just touching uh, base on a walk through Africa's fashion market, and we've just uh, kind of, uh, you know, unpacked a bit of just uh, strategic orientation and what it means when it comes to. Being fashion business ready or business ready, um, you know, as we continue to grow and develop. So I would definitely mm-hmm. say it's, it's been really some interesting, um, uh, key points that you guys have shared. And I, tr- I really admire the fact that, you, you know, if you really say that there's that collective sort of way of moving and working, that's definitely power because nobody ever got to the end, uh, with their bag. Mm-hmm. They had to carry and hold hands, yeah. uh, with a few Completely. more people to be able to really win. And smile to the bank, which yeah. is my favorite thing to say. And <laughs> hopefully we'll implement also slowly. But anyway, I want to go straight to the second point just so we can unwrap it as we continue to talk. We're talking about, for me again, I think market management readiness is a very key thing in this business. And I think that a lot of us, including myself, are able to do things on a one-man show. It's not funny. It's not good. Do not write that down. Remove, throw the pepper away. That's not the way. You know, you get to a, yeah, you get to a time and I, and it really happened to me. And I've been saying this is my 10th year in the fashion industry. I'm still trying to figure out if we're going to be, I don't know if we're going to be parasailing or if we're going to be diving from, I don't know. We're going to have to do something to really make this mark. So ladies, get ready and just wait for the location and the plan. Yes. Do you know what but we always <laughs> say? It's, it's jumping yeah. off the cliff and, and jumping under, off the cliff into and the on, sea. That's and great. on the way down, you figure out how to build a parachute. There you go. Yeah. I, li- I like those, those types <laughs> of things I'm happy to engage in. So what I've been saying is the minute that in January this year that I realized that, and it, I'm sure it's happened to a lot of businesses where your demand is bigger than what you can actually handle. And when your demand is bigger than your business, this is the time where you have to wake up and say, what am I doing differently? You're not going to get good results or better results by continuing to apply the same sort of, you know, ways of how you actually trade and how you play. And so for me, when I speak about management readiness, I think it's a very important element of this pie that we are talking about as we continue to kind of just look through the walk. If you've got management and you're able to understand, you know, you've got management that's committed to expanding your business, you have the appropriate management structure, you know, you've got, you've probably made provisions for resources, financial manpower, whatever it is, whatever you have in place to be able to be that running body of your business, I think that is very important. And I'd love to hear your takes on it as well, because even though you do have brands that you guys are working under, Edgy, you have a lot of brands you work with. Francisca also obviously works with a lot of brands, including her brand. I just think that that's the one thing that we oversee, especially here in the continent. People think it's a joke. You know, it's like, why should, why would you need, you hear people saying, why, why would I need a manager? You're such a creative person who's playing in this creative industry. By the time you finish your creative work and then start applying your managerial skills, which actually lack and slack, where are you going? What do you guys have? What's your two cents? I mean, I think you, you know, you, you hear it all the time and, and, it, to, to use, you know, you know, the whole celebrity thing as an example, you hear it all the time if you've got this creative entity and this creative personality and whether they be a pop star, whether they be a fashion designer, whatever it is, they are incredibly successful and they're completely bankrupt. Okay, someone's <laughs> having a in New York. <laughs> 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 For once, that's 
not Africa. <laughs> no, no houses are burning here. <laughs> and, and Open window. <laughs> and and I think I think one of the big things, the difference between the brands that are making it, particularly in Africa, and the brands that aren't, are the ones that have actually the designers that have got that little bit of business savvy behind them, or they've partnered with somebody who has. Absolutely. You, you mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's still business. Um, I remember when, you know, when I first started my business, and that's sort of 10, 10 12 years ago now. Um, you know, I'd, and I was, I was, in, I was in a different design space, but suddenly you wake up at the end of the month and you go, <clears throat> why isn't there any money in the bank account? And it's like, oh, well, if I have to invoice people, you know, so those, those business processes and those business foundations, if you you can have the best designs in the world if you haven't got a strategy on how you're going to get them to market. And and we we sadly see this all the time of brands coming to us going, and we're like, the first thing that comes out of our mouth is, what's your sales strategy? Uh, I'm going to sell it on Pinterest to my friends. That's fantastic. But if that is the strategy that you've got, you are going to be a possibly and hopefully very successful Small designer in a dressmaking space and unless somebody looks, your designs really are absolutely breathtaking and somebody picks you up and helps you carry them, that's kind of the space where you're going to stay. And it's, it's very sad because there are a lot of incredibly creative people that because they haven't got that business side or that business, it's, it's, it's not rocket science stuff. It's just, it's taking the time out to do it. It's not just fun fabrics, trims, beautiful designs. It is the business of fashion. And you've got to educate yourself in that space too. A lot of people also have been saying, you know, like when we speak and you speak amongst other brands, mm. you realize people say, oh, well, it's so expensive. It's the same way that they, the brands will look at PR and say, for mm. what? His social media. There's the PR one you might get away with a yeah. bit. Yeah, you might. Because the social media is media. Yeah. But, and it reaches, and it's first hand, it reaches right to everyone's sure. smartphone right on their face. But the management, in your business is not a joke. You can't even take shortcuts. And that's the other worst thing is you, even just the process of finding the right manager for your brand, I think that's just such a process. It's, it's, it's such a big thing. And then making sure that you can be able to afford to make sure that they're in the business and working mm. because you did not forget to pay them or you could not pay them yeah. is also something else. So I feel like there's a lot of freelance, uh, it's an opportunity where I see, especially in the continent, there's a lot of freelancers within the creative space who have ventured from serious corporate world to moving and transcending across into easier creative industries yeah. like your fashion industry. And because this is a good time, I mean, that is what's happening. That to me is a trend mm. more than ever the this year. The future belongs to the creative. Yes. And mm, I feel absolutely. like when you have all of these people, you've got accountants who are now saying, listen, I'll do your work on the side. You've mm. got, and that is so good because it's really helping you be able to actually grow and run this business as a real business to be able to make sure you get to the top. Francisca and Edgy, what are your thoughts? And Mone, would love to know. I think I think the designer has evolved over time. I mean, we live in a we live in a in a space where, as a designer, you also have to be a very a very astute marketer uh, for your brand. You know, yeah. and that's where we. And I think designers are catching up on that really quickly because other than that, it's so difficult to just survive. So they're finding a good way to to optimize between being a really good designer and a really good presenter of your brand and. You know, getting 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 the, the brands to the to market. 
And uh, I, I, I think as we continue to develop in that space, it allows us as designers to then collaborate with people outside, you know, collaborate with the market in a wider, in, in a wider sense, whether it's, it's, it's advertisers, whether it's, um, it's, uh, uh, showcase, you know, the ways in, the ways in which we can, we can, we can showcase our brands, who we can collaborate to showcase our brands, to, to, to let the market see it. Um, I think that's where we uh, we need to grow, and I think we're seeing some, you know, like I, I see a lot of us creating a good ecosystem for ourselves, and and so I think we're doing we're the movement is forward in that in that space, but we need to be able to to be wider and have wider access within the market for ourselves and for people outside the market also. Hmm. <laughs> I am yes. I, I think in, I, I agree with uh, with the edge, and uh, I think that every creative uh, today has to be a marketer of his of himself uh, first. But uh, um, from my point of view, I I make the the both things. I I I have the chance to. I have the opportunity to as agent. As, uh, as a um, commercial, uh, to observe the markets and uh, the, the trends and the trades, uh, and, uh, and have, uh, and, um, have, uh, uh, an updated point of view, uh, almost, uh, almost always. But as creative, there's, uh, one time when I need to, uh, think alone, to isolate myself from the rest of the world, to close the door of my studio and work uh, li- like an automatic engine. I need to be um, alone, alone with my thoughts, alone with my creativity, alone with my concept. And then uh, when uh, uh, the work is done, I have to um, mix, mix the, the, uh, all, all the, all the informations I have uh, in the, in commerce and all the com- informations I, 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 I have, I collected uh, during my, my works. Uh, so I think it, it's a, it's a very complex, it's, uh, complex, uh, process. Uh, then comes the fina- financial. The financial is the, 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 uh, the last, but not at least. <laughs> uh, it means that, uh, uh, I, I start from the, the principle that, uh, when uh, something is countable, is manageable. If you if you plan to do a, a huge collection, you need to ask and to and to contact certain banks or institutions or funds. And uh, if you have uh, other amounts, you can uh, or other uh, yes other amounts, you can also uh, take them from other sources. Uh, Monet, I think, do you want to add on to that before we move to the next point? Yes, please. Um, if you're talking about the marketing management side of things, Edgy said that, um, you know, uh, designers have to be a, a key, a, astute marketers. And I think that's where we have a problem with our young designers in this country. I can only speak from my experience and with the designers I deal with, and the, those are predominantly young designers. And what I found was that they come in with a collection 
and they expect putting that collection onto social media is going to translate into sales immediately. And they are all completely shocked and horrified when sales don't happen and when the website doesn't get clicks and when nobody's shopping <laughs> and um, and they're not wearing their own brands. You know, uh, from our mm. perspective, when, when we do trunk shows and events, we, we change five, six, seven times into different outfits and that's how people see how garments are worn. And, you know, we have the benefit of having a marketing company uh, as part of our, um, offering. But, you know, if you do, you have to be awake, you have to be alive, you have to look at the market, you have to be quick on your feet. And when something works, you need to see how that's worked and, and go for it. But sitting on your laurels and, and waiting for somebody to knock on your door, to find you in the dark, to buy your clothes, it's that's just not the way it works. You have to be very proactive in this market. And, and I think it, you know, like... Hmm. I've, funny enough, one of one of my business coaches in, in in another life said to me the other day, "Is like, Jane, it all depends on how badly you want it. Everything, your, your success in life, totally depends on how badly you want it. If you, I mean, we have got designers who have literally started when they were living in their cars and are now servicing eighteen boutiques around the country because they put it." While they were in their cars, they put their collections in their cars and went and knocked on every single boutique door. Opened a, it, it, exactly as Edgy says, you have got to be a marketer. Um, these days, we do have so many platforms available to us, but it is a case of you got to. And if somebody says no, you you pick yourself up and you dust yourself off and you go on to the next person. It's it's. I think it's the same in any creative industry. I just want to say, touching on market readiness. Yes. Yeah, touching on market readiness actually is our next point to unpack. So that is really true. And everything is interlinked. Like Mm. you said, it's a pie. And uh, for me, what I know is also we all don't have the same strengths. Not Everybody's so different. And that's why when they say you're putting your back into it, you could have John, the manager, putting his back into it for for your brand. That's still putting your back (laughs) into it. I will will never run my own books ever in my life. Will I be allowed near the bank accounts, the invoicing, the financial... That's why we have a financial director. That's not my strength at all. And it's going to get me audited and arrested and all sorts of things. So surround yourself with, we all know our weaknesses in life. Surround yourself with people, focus on building those the most. And and on that side, also surround yourself then with the people, like you say, there are hundreds of accountants who will help you run your books. There are marketing consultants and brand specialists out there who can give you ideas. There's social media expert people. There's... You don't have to do it alone, but you do have to put your back into building your network of people. Absolutely. You know what? And also, if you're you're a young designer and you you don't know how to market yourself and you you don't know how to do all of that, you come to 8th Avenue. We know. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, shameless punt. And I want to just also add on that, you know, when we're talking about the fashion business, this is inclusive of even manufacturers. You've got... Manufacturers who have the small little setups who can actually handle smaller quantities, they have the yeah. detail, they have the, they give the, the TLC, but they're somewhere in the corner of Maitland somewhere that you, you will never find them because no. they don't have a website, they don't have, they're not on social media, they don't have a They are file. struggling because they say that they're actually closing their factories. In the meantime, you've got the brands here who are losing their heads because they cannot find a home 
to manufacture their brands locally. So you have to think about suitable promotion, publicity campaigns. Uh, like we said, social media is here is free. So these days, I mean, you can just finish your campaigns on there and finish and write and smile to the bank. Then you obviously have to think about a website. I still cannot believe people say, oh, it's a website is not a website is very important. It's your home page. It's where we land online. That's your home page. You can play your life away in every other platform, have the highest followers on Instagram. But come on, you need a home page. I still, and if you think you want to argue with me, let's take it outside after two. Uh, what time do we finish here? We've got about two, 17 minutes. Are you, are you talking to me? No, not you, Francisca. Uh, I'm just talking to everyone who's listening, who's thinking, oh my gosh, here comes this old, old school woman uh, talking and, about and that. Just, just as a list on, on a sidebar from that. I, and as you know, we, we, I come from a digital marketing background. I understand that social media is incredibly important and it's free and it works on the space. Stop having conversations about your stuff on other people's platforms. Your homepage is your brand, <laughs> is your home. It's not social. You see, the, they're confused. The it's not, the it's not Instagram. It's to go there and then feed out to your mm-hmm. other media platforms, which in my opinion is what social media is. They are the same as feeding it to, for example, a IT blog. web or biz community mm. or a, mm. a magazine or, mm. you know, that you've got to, you've got to keep the conversation. That that's where your clothes are being displayed. That's where you. Yes, those tools are incredibly useful because they have a really good following, and people will find and follow your clothes. But also, then think about how you're going to get traffic to your website. That's another thing, but that's a whole other conversation, which but, will but, get carried away. In but at hours. least once you start, then at least you've started thinking like how to also customize promotional materials to meet your market needs is also key. I think uh, knowing your competitors is also important. That's the healthy way to play in the game. I think competing also against the established competitors on the local or regional market is so crucial. And so I think it's just about taking advantage of a lot of things. I want to say something, you know, and I was thinking about it while I'm thinking about what I want to do next year. How many brands or how many fashion businesses actually even invest in trade shows and expos? Because I think that Very few. trade clothing expos and trade shows fashion and fashion weeks. Well, fashion, I think trade shows is even more business connections than fashion week. I'm not knocking yeah. off either, but I just think according to Karen Smith on fin24.com, She's talking about Miss Frankfurt, the large, the third largest trade show organizer in the world is actually ready to take SA clothing expos to the next level. Now, obviously, we know there are so many expos running in Africa, the rest of the globe. So obviously, it's based on your positioning, uh, based on your look, based on where you're based to just kind of test it out. It actually might be the missing link in your business as you continue to try a couple of ways to really get your visibility and sales high. And then obviously, Source Africa, which is, uh, Source Africa is, is big. It's a, uh, Taking place for the sixth time in Cape Town this year, it's now the most important annual Pan-African textile, clothing and footwear trade event on the international calendar. And I think that for those who are looking, I'm also trying, I'm going to see my own way of how to also get into that and then be able to say, at least I tried that and this is the result I got. Then you know how to move. But it's happening on the 20th, 20th and 21st of June in 2018. So for those who are interested in applying, check out their websites. But always remember, trade shows... The power of expos and trade shows. I know that Francisca spends so much time out of all of us in trade shows, in trade shows. and <laughs> expos. And I keep wondering why, but I'm like, actually, I need to, I need to try this and see what it means. And I think also just as a, as a South African perspective, um, I play in trade shows in, in sometimes in, in different spaces and they're, they're incredible small business organizations in this country that do actually sponsor a huge amount of clothing brands and stuff into trade shows. Mm. 
again, to the designers, it's how badly do you want it? Go and investigate every opportunity that there is. I mean, one of our one of our brands, um, Juliana, who does the most incredible sustainable clothing down in Cape Town. She does these beautiful sort of hand-dyed, hand-made T-shirts and dresses and things. Um, she is sponsored by Cedar, um, which she gets put into a lot of trade shows. So those avenues are there and they are existed. It is something that designers need to go and hunt for. Because I, I do, I think any exposure for your brand is good exposure. Francisca, uh, anything or to one, your, your two cents on trade shows and expos and the power of it. I mean, you've been to like a million <laughs> trade shows this year. I can't keep up <laughs> with where you are. I'm not so old. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I said this year alone, Francisca, it, it feels like every other week you are in a trade show. Yeah. Or an yes, expo. almost. <laughs> no, there are periods uh, in which I am very, very um, up and down from a plane and going around. But uh, now, now I'm stopped up to January. It's official. <laughs> well, guys, it's official. <laughs> I will stay in Lisbon up to January. <laughs> so G- then G- I started. Uh, we'll start again. It's but uh, um, no. Uh, I, I I just wanted to know uh, to, to tell that uh, the the trade shows are fundamental to start every business. Uh, the the problem the the mistake. Let's let's name it so. It's uh, uh, that uh, every every entrepreneur, new entrepreneur, see the uh, investment, the the starting investment for a trade show as a cost. Mm. It's not a cost. It's not. A, it's a big effort, but it's not a cost. It's uh, the first investment you need to know. You need to do uh, when uh, when you start, even to have an immediate feedback. Because you don't know if you start, you really don't know how uh, how will be your history. Your how is you don't have an history to base on to be based on to 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 reproduce uh, stuffs that you sell better. To you don't have a, a bestseller. You don't have bestsellers in your collection still. So the trade show is the. Uh, most uh, direct and most immediate uh, feedback you can have. So Thank why you. don't invest on that? Thanks, Francisca. Now, let's go to product ready. And I want us to talk about product ready because people think they're product ready. A lot of brands here, but no, uh, everything. Is, yes. So, no, I wanted to add something just briefly to what um, Francisca was saying. Yes, the trade shows are, are, are good way to 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 get people to see what you're doing and to at least to get vis- visibility but we also have to look at where we are in terms of where technology is what technology is doing uh, in 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 our space because before it was so gosh heavy to do all of these things go to the shows uh, even fashion week is cash heavy but we are finding so many amazing avenues to create visibility and get visibility. So there are a lot, there's a lot that is happening on the rep side, meaning people repping you, repping your brand on social media. It's really huge. You know, that's something we also have to look at uh, at home in Africa, how we can maximize social, we- social media access, you know. It really is helpful. It really is cost-effective. Um, it's, not, it's not free, but it's... it's 
very manageable from a cost point just to to uh, to, to have access to visibility. Thank you, Edgy. Um, mm-hmm. Can we talk about products uh, quickly? Because I think for me, my biggest thing about products is I'm not really questioning. I feel like the uh, fashion industry here has really evolved and it's very rare that you have to talk to a brand about quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are on a different mm-hmm. level. Majority of this fashion businesses are very serious about their quality and, and, and everything. Also the, 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 not just the quality of their clothing, the quality of design that we're seeing at the moment is, you know, people mm-hmm. are... They are being, particularly in Africa, being incredibly creative. They're going back to printing their own fabrics, yes. and you know, they, 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 from as a, as that part of the product, I think we're rocking. It's some of the other stuff that I think is a challenge. So for me, the question is, and even this applies to me and everyone else who's thinking they're cool, is does your company actually possess the ability to to work on the product development? So think about it from modifying the products to meet the market requirements or demand. How many brands say, I'm, I've got, for example, the dress I'm wearing. I'm selling in uh, Nigeria, in Morocco, and in Kenya and, and Cote d'Ivoire. Okay, mm. and what happens is when a brand, because this is something so close to hearts, is I feel like we are more on the defensive than to actually sit and say, "You've got this buyer, this four buyers, for example, from these different markets." You think about North Africa; the weather's very tricky. It's not, it's not Congo. Mm. It's the sun is not shining all the, all year long. You think about here; you have to think about seasons, and that's mm. why you're not going to be selling to a buyer here right now. Uh, your turtlenecks and your far coats. No one's mm. buying the, no one's looking at that right now. So I think for me, one of the things that I find that could still have work and, you know, brands need to really be conscious about and be open about is how do you actually open your mind enough to adapt to the different, because what we're selling to, in, to 8th Avenue right now may not even work for, we could be talking about four stores within the same region, but just maybe because of your clientele. Mm. Uh, it, it, you may the say. The demographic is yes. so important. And you know, and you guys may say, we've had these conversations where sometimes we say, okay, this is too short, girl. No, mm. give us that other one. Or this is, and it's not that the dress is bad. It's just that for your clientele, that they market. will buy it only because it has a longer sleeve or mm. because the back is fully closed or because whatever is the yeah. case. So I think out of what you're saying, I, I still appreciate that, that, you know, we have really grown. We are on a different mm. level. Uh, as the fashion industry here Commercializing our products is where I think We're not 100% ready um, And it comes from A couple of aspects Firstly, if Woolworths comes up to you tomorrow and says I would like 4,500 of those dresses That you're wearing now Are you actually ready to deliver that? Where is your where is your value chain Behind? Because I mean that's This pioneering dream that you, you get picked up By a massive brand and you know like Fashini groups just just now bought this overseas international group and got to take your brand overseas are you ready from that perspective and exactly that of I think a lot of our designers still struggle and yes in some cases I understand it comes from our fabric and our wholesale and our entire value chain but a lot of us still struggle with planning you know like we are in you know producing winter now if you haven't got your winter collection out now it's going to be an interesting next couple of months. So I think they, they, we're still learning in the product readiness space. Mm. And that I also links to the, to and that links to the back end ready as well, mm. because obviously based on what you need to tweak, you probably may have to, if you don't have an in-house uh, sort of workshop, you may have to now go back and say, hi guys, sorry, remember those dresses that had this? Now we want to add flaps mm. and then you, yes. or now we want to make this longer or now we want to make this shorter for different. So there's all of those little logistics to think about, but I still think we are really doing good. I want to talk about financially ready as our last 
topic because we are definitely out of time, but I think that that's very, very key. And Francisca touched on it a bit, but yes, financially ready, I think obviously your company, this is where you have to think, do you have enough funds? I mean, do you have the capacity to raise capital to fund some sort of expansion program or to see yourself grow? Do you have access to credit slash finance from local banks? Do they even care? You know, this year I had an experience at the bank where if I spoke to them and I tried to explain to them what I wanted to do and I wanted to expand and I wanted to get uh, some financial um, uh, investment into my project and they just were like, we've never invested in fashion. Yeah. And really they were like, and can't mm. be bothered. And I think that the... Uh, Such a risk for Yes, them. and I think that the mindsets have to change also because today is what I've seen also in Africa is private investment has really expanded. Mm. Crowdfunding, those yes. type of things are. So long time it used to be the government and all of these big other organizations, the banks. Right now you've got a lot of billionaires and millionaires in the, just mm. in the continent alone. Yeah. People like Dango, look at the Dangote Foundation, what they're doing in Nigeria and beyond. And the, they have money. I mean, there's, there's billions. The Development Bank of South Africa, apparently their entire mandate is that's where fashionomics, they back mm. that thing. They're, the African Development Bank. Yes. One of their big mandates is to rebuild the African fashion industry. Francisca, Edgy, you guys are quiet. Are you scared? <laughs> of this no, I'm listening. I'm listening with a lot of interest. I mean, that is huge. This is what we've always wanted for people like like the banks to actually look into fashion, look in and see that we are we are viable. So, and I think for 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 the African Development Bank to do that, that means African designers are actually doing a lot to push themselves forward. So that's. That's really good. We need that. We need this. Without that, we can't. We have no electricity without investors coming in. I feel so hard to. Yeah, for me, I feel that I'll tell you what I think is power for this continent. If you are reliant and dependent fully on funding, now for you, you are dead. You can go under the table and die. Yeah. Now, if your business is so attractive and so compelling that funders and investors and all of these people want to throw money into you, then good for you. Mm. So you can't, my advice to the creative industry is you cannot wake up looking hungry and sad with your dry mouth, put on some lip gloss and like, or chapstick and go (laughs) and drink, go and and, and do what you do. And the harder that you do and the better that you do what you do, is the more attractive your business becomes. This mentality of give, 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 the government, the who, what are you talking about? Mm. If 20,000 mm, mm, people mm, mm, in the continent, 20,000 brands, let's say, give a smaller number. If a 1,000 brands in the continent change their mindset around how to operate without necessarily being so desperate and dependent on funds from somewhere else, they would, first of all, find themselves doing more. Because, you know, this relies, this just relying on, like, funding means you're actually sitting down having coffee, looking hungry because you're waiting on a fund. What are you waiting on for? You could be using so much of that energy to be able to put in and propel your business. So my thing, Edgy, is I'm not for the banks. I'm strictly for private investment, which is more of, like, find out how who can give. Find a way to get somebody involved in your business where they have stakes. And that's a better, I think it's healthier. Uh, and then the second thing is stay away from give me. Absolutely. Build it to the point where they give you. But yeah, that's have an offering. Yeah. And okay. and if I know we have to wrap up now, but as my one piece of advice for twenty eighteen, which we're now going into, I'm so I'm already starting with twenty nineteen nonsense. Twenty eighteen is South African designers, exactly what you say. You have got to think African. This is not South African fashion. This is African fashion. And if we don't learn from each other's markets and go and get into each other's markets, 
the market is right on our doorstep. You know, Angie and Francesca have got a have got to travel a pond. Ours is next door. We really have incredible mm-hmm. potential if we think African and stop thinking in our own little box. Thank you, guys. What I want to say is I have to go to my who would you want to address and why, and we have to go on a 10-second round, seriously. Before we do that, Jane and Monet, thank you so much from joining us, for joining us and just sharing us with us your insights from 8th Avenue. Francisca, it's always great to have you on the show. Edgy, thank you very much. Whatever you are chasing, at least you're not chasing anymore. It's probably chasing you. But Jane and Monet, can, can, can our listeners just know how to contact you before we... Um, very quickly, 8thavenue.com, 8th-ave.com. We are having our next trunk show on the 16th of December. I know it's a crazy day. It's breakup day for us, but it's going to be a Christmas festival. Um, it's the last day that you're going to be in Joburg if you're going on holiday. So come down and see us. We'll be at Campbell House and 2 Campbell Street in Waverley. Um, catch us on Facebook at 8th Avenue Online, on Instagram, Pinterest, but our website, 8thavenue.com. Thank you very much. And while you're still talking, who would you want to address and why? We are going on a two, 10 seconds, please. Timbisa Nadorda. James, she just, she's such a beautiful, incredible woman and she just got voted worst dressed for 2017 at the Style Awards. Timbisa Nadorda. I mean, call us, darling. <laughs> and Monet. And she, and she's, she dresses really well the rest of the time. Something's wrong. I would like to dress, um, Zola Nene. She is a, um, a TV chef on Espresso and she is the judge on the Great British, no, Great South African Bake Off. She is phenomenal and I have lots and lots of things to put her in. Francisca? I would like uh, to dress uh, a national beauty here in Portugal that is also an uh, angel of Victoria's Secrets that is uh, Sara Sampaio. Edgy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why are you laughing? Edgy, talk quickly. We are, we are well, finished. <laughs> I want, I want Liz's dress today to hang on my, um, in my studio for inspiration. Today I want to dress, I have nothing else to say. I just think that today I want to dress, uh, African girls in the summer. Because I feel like, and Africa is everywhere in Africa, including here in South Africa. For those who didn't know that South Africa is in Africa as well. Every African girl, because I feel like we lose it in the summer and everything rides so high that, you know, we lose it. But that's what I want to dress. That's who I want to dress today. For those who are tuned in, this is Fashion Lab. Uh, you can catch up with us on www.fashionlabafrica.com where we hold it down. And peace and love. We make sure that you want, we want to make sure that you really focus on finding a way to start thinking about what's coming for your business in 2018. Otherwise, really, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You know where to find us. Peace and love. Ciao, ciao. On cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.